Hey, this is Pastor Michael Petit from Calvary Chapel, Divine, Texas. Would really like to thank you for taking time to check out our podcast, our Sunday sermons, and our Wednesday night Bible studies. You can always share this, download it, or even find it on Spotify, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, SoundCloud, and pretty much wherever you can find a podcast. You can also find out about our church service times. We have our Sunday service at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night Bible study at 7 p.m. We're located in the Market Media Building. It's located at 203 East College Avenue, Sweet C in Divine, Texas. Plus, if you need to get any other information from the church, you can do all of this at our church website at calvarydivine.org. That's calvarydivine.org. Here's today's teaching. Amen. So the book of Genesis beginnings probably one of the biggest books that people struggle with and and has the answers to everything where you come from why you're here how you were made you know all of it's there creation um the covenant with abraham and just you know the promise of Jesus in Genesis chapter 3 in Psalm 90 verse 2 it says and I, and if you're writing be prepared because there's going to be a ton of scripture tonight so I apologize if I go too fast say Mike just give me a <laughs> if I don't catch you you can I would say throw something we do have popcorn you can probably hit me with that that's okay yeah, I, don't, I don't want anybody getting me with a phone or something so all right, so it's Psalm 90, verse 2. It says, Before the mountains were brought forth, or ever you had formed the earth and the world, from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. And one of the things I love is as we go through this, you're going to get a lot of scriptures from the book of Psalms, which actually just draws us to uh, God and his attributes. And, um, you know, we're going to run through just a, a little bit of the Old Testament, kind of give you a little history as we... We dive into it because I think what happens is when we think about um, when we think about the history of um, the beginnings, we actually struggle sometimes with the Old Testament because we're dealing with laws that may seem obscure, especially when you get into Deuteronomy and you start dealing with some of that, um, and and you're dealing with prophecy, and some of the prophecies have already been fulfilled. And, and so people will struggle with why do you study the Old Testament or why do you study the, the book of Genesis? Why don't we just stay in the New Testament? There's a reason you study the whole Bible. Now, the church has already been through the book of Nehemiah, the book of Daniel. We're going to be finishing the book of Mark here pretty soon. Uh, we'll be in the book of Genesis for a while. We'll probably actually take a summer break and take a break from the book of Genesis and then pick it back up in the fall. Um, but the Old Testament is a great book. It's, it, it's God revelation of himself to us. And, and God tells the story of his story so we can know him and have a better relationship with him. And so it's, it's important for us to understand these, these stories and, and especially the covenants that are, are done, especially in the book of Genesis. Um, but also the attributes of God which are displayed through the Bible. Uh, so we can learn as we know the attributes. And I, the sad thing to say is a lot of people can give me the attributes. If I tell them a Marvel character, they'll tell me every attribute of the Hulk or Tony Stark 
I go to the, the Lord of the Rings, they can tell me all the attributes of the Lord of the Rings. Right? I'm trying to think what other movies are out there. The Lord of the Rings bombed. I think the new one bombed. Right? Um, Top Gun, for all of us old people. We can tell you the history of Maverick, right? And, and, but the, the key for us is to know the attributes of God. If you want to strengthen your relationship with God, if you, want to, if you want to understand what it's like to be in that dark valley and know that the shepherd's right next to you, and at some point the shepherd may have to carry you, that's because you know his attributes. And, and, and that's where people struggle because they don't spend time trying to understand it. But it's, it's for us to be able to trust him on a day-to-day basis. And so we have in, in Genesis, we have the, the story of creation, the introduction of the world. Uh, you know, they, people will argue about who it's written by. And, and uh, we know that, that Moses was the author uh, of it. And, but God was the one who gave him. Uh, the revelation of of the book, and so one of the things we see now is as we as we dive, uh, even as we're in the book of Mark, we see God interacting with His people even in the present. So even though we lo- we're looking back, way back, right? Even though we're looking back, we're still seeing God move today. That's one of the things that we need to remember that God has future plans. It's it's actually. God's future plan is, is described in Genesis chapter 3. Um, and, and the reality of that is, is that within that future plan, His Son will be coming, His second coming will come. We'll be talking about the, the, the Lamb that was slain as we talk about Passover um, this weekend. And, and so, you know, it's, it's a reminder that the whole book is about who? Jesus. It points to the sun. It points to the sun. And so, you know, understanding that God is our creator, we see in, in Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, as it talks about in the beginning. But it, it, in Psalm 24, 1, it says, the, the earth is the Lord's, and the fullness therefore of the world and those who dwell therein. So man is above the rest of creation and was given, given dominion over it. Do you come from apes? No. How many of y'all were taught that in school? Right? How many of y'all remember the, the, the transition of the ape into man? It was in most of the textbooks. It's wrong. No species switches over. That's, that's horse hockey, as, as Colonel Potter used to say. I'm going to go way back and date myself. It really is. At the end of the day, when you start studying this stuff, it's, it's sad, but that's where we're at. And so we have uh, dominion over, uh, over the rest of creation. Now, now, creation is marred, and I want you to think about this. Think about the most beautiful place that you've ever seen in this world, whether it's California or Hawaii for me. Um, I remember my brother being stationed in Montana. And he's, he was like, everywhere he went, it was like, it just, it, like, it didn't seem real because of the, the views. But it's marred. It's just not even, you know I mean? You look at this area, you're like, ah, you know. But it's not even as, as 
when you think of Hawaii, it's not even as beautiful. It's marred. California, think about the most beautiful mountain or the, the Pacific Ocean when you see that blue. It's not even what you, you know, what God created. It's because sin came and, and destroyed in Genesis chapter 3, verse 17 and 18. And we'll get into this a lot. As, as it says, And Adam, he said, Because you have listened to the voice of your wife. Men, you got to lead. I'm just going to leave it there. You have to lead your men. And that's what God's called you to. And, and we'll talk about that when we get to the patriarchy of the, of the family. The, the world is trying to destroy that right now. And um, trying to kind of, your men, your masculine, your, you know, it, it's the reality of it is, you know. And, and so we, 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 need to, we need to lead like we're supposed to. It says, And Adam, he said, Because you have listened to the voice of your wife and eaten of the tree which I commanded you, you shall not eat of it. Cursed is the ground because of you. In pain you shall eat of it all. The days of your life, thorns and thistle, it shall bring forth you, and you shall eat the plants of the field. And then we know in Romans chapter 1, verses 19 and 20, it says, For what can be known about God is plain to them, because God has shown it to them. For his invisible attributes, namely his internal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world, and things that have been made, so they are without excuse and i always hear that one question what about the person that's living in the amazon that never heard the gospel creation reveals it reveals it and and uh you know i i remember the story of yuri yuri was trying to figure out uh, yuri kavachinko was trying to figure out if the gospel was true and and was in Siberia, living in a in a in a hut, tent, cold, snow. And somebody somebody came and shared the gospel with him. He was begging to know if God was real or not. And out in the middle of Siberia, somebody shows up. If you want to know, it's you just open your eyes and you'll see creation. And, you know, people will say, well, I can't see God. Well, I can't see the wind either. But I know it's there. Right? Creation testifies of His, of his power and His greatness. In Psalm 19, verses 1 through 6, it says, The heavens declare the glory of God, and the sky above proclaims His handiwork. Day to day pours out speech, and night to night reveals knowledge. There is no speech, nor are there words. Whose voice is not heard? The voice goes out through all the earth, and the words to the end of the world. In them he has sent a tent for the sun, which comes out like a bridegroom, leaving his chamber, and like a strong man runs its course with joy. Its rising is from the end of the heavens, and its circuit to the end of them. And there's nothing hidden from its heat. 
even in the, the vastness of creation, if you've ever been, especially out here in Texas, because, you know, you have no trees and all, um, when you get out, you get out, um, especially when you get out in, in Lakey, up, especially around the hill country in that area, you start staring out at the stars. You, it's amazing. It's absolutely amazing. And you see the vastness of space. And God speaks and puts it into motion. You know, there's going to be names that we're going to see uh, in, in Genesis. We'll have in verse, we'll actually deal with this next week in Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. Elohim, which means strong one, divine. El Elyon, in Genesis chapter 14, verse 20. The most high, the strongest one. Now, Roy, the strong one who sees in Genesis 16, 13. These are the different names of, of, of God. El Shaddai, Almighty God, in Genesis 17, 1. With his attributes, one of the things we have to remember is God is eternal. One of the first questions we always get at youth camp. Well, who created God? He's eternal. He's always existed. It's hard to wrap your head around that, right? I know even for me as a new believer, I was like, well, I don't, I'm trying to wrap my head around that. But he has no, no, no beginning. And there'll, be no, there'll never be an end. He's immortal. That's probably a word that most people would, would know today. But in Deuteronomy chapter 33, verse 27... It says, the eternal God is your dwelling place. The eternal. And underneath you are everlasting arms. He thrust out the enemy before you and said, destroy. In 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. To the kings of the age, immortal, invisible, the, the only God, be honor, glory forever and ever. Amen. The immortal God is unchanging. It means that He's absolutely, and this is where people struggle. Because God is unchanging, we should actually understand that God is absolutely reliable. Nobody else in your life is. We try to be. But God the Father is always reliable. My dad can be reliable. My mom, no. I can't be reliable to my own kids. I mess up. But God the Father is trustworthy. We have to remember that. That's something that has to sit in your heart. Like you have to know like everything that's, this is chaos, but my, my God is trustworthy. I can take that to the bank. Absolutely reliable. Malachi chapter 3 verse 6. This is one you should remember. For I the Lord do not change. Therefore you, O children of Jacob, are not consumed. The Lord does not change. In Psalm 102 verses 26 and 27. They will perish, but you will remain. They will all wear out like a garment. 
You will change them like a robe, and they will pass away, but you are the same, and your years have no end. God is incomparable. There's no one like him. He's unequaled. He's perfect. So when we try to put other religions with other gods, that's why it doesn't work. Because God is perfect. False gods are false gods. And, and it's funny because they'll take little bits and pieces of Scripture or little bits and pieces of, well, we're going to make Jesus the, the, you know, the, the Archangel Michael and then he came and he's the brother of Lucifer. All that's a joke. Because that contradicts the Bible. In Isaiah 40, verse 25, it says, To whom then will you compare me? That I should be like him, says the Holy One. God is unfathomable, unsearchable. As far as understanding him completely, you may have an understanding of God. And, and this, is where, this is where a lot of people need to be careful. Because a lot of people think they have a, a, an understanding of God in a way that, oh, I, I have this higher knowledge. It's like, man, you, he's unsearchable. In Psalm 145.3, it says, Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. His greatness is unsearchable. We have some understanding. And when we have the Holy Spirit, we have more understanding. But we don't know everything. We don't. And there are some people that have a, a, just a, a knowledge of the Word of God, which is, it blows me away at times. It's awesome. And, and that's great. But they still don't know everything about God. Because he's unsearchable. God is just. He doesn't show favoritism. He's just. In Psalm 1830, it says, the God, This God, his way is perfect. The word of the Lord proves true. He is a shield for all those who take refuge in him. Who fights your battles? God does. If you're in a war right now and you're trying to fight it yourself, you need to stop. You fight your battles on, the, on your knees praying. God, God is the one that's true. God is just. God will take care of what needs to be taken care of. Right now we see things are, are crazy in the United States. God is just. And I can tell you this, and this is something that you need to understand that's very important. The more that we allow, uh, the more we run from God, the more division will be in the United States. That's not going to change. It's going to get worse. The more that we run from God as a nation, because God is just. And He blesses obedience. God is, is omnipotent. He's all-powerful. His actions will always be in, in accord with the rest of His character. That's something to remember. 
as as when we read the word of god it doesn't contradict something else that's in the word of god but when you read stuff from the jehovah witness or you read stuff from uh, the mormon faith or buddhist or hindu it contradicts god's word it contradicts it and and we need to be careful with that that's why it's important to understand the attributes of god in Revelation 19.6 it says, Then I heard what seemed to be a voice of great multitude, like the roar of many waters, and like the sound of my, uh, mighty peals of thunder, crying out, Hallelujah, for the Lord our God, the Almighty reigns. In Jeremiah 32.17 it says, Ah, Lord God, it is you who have made the heavens and the earth by your great power, and by your outstretched arm nothing is too hard for you. Somebody probably needs that verse tonight in Jeremiah 32, 17. Nothing is too hard for you. Do you trust that? Because the person saying that is, is worthy. It may be too hard for you, but it's not for God. Right? It's like you pray for somebody to, to, to overcome an addiction or you pray for somebody and you go, man, I don't see this, but God, God takes care of it. That's what the Lord does. God, God is omnipresent, meaning He is present everywhere. Present everywhere. In Psalm 139, 7-13, it says, Where shall I go from your spirit? Or where shall I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in Sheol, you are there. If I take wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even if your sure hand shall lead me and your right hand shall hold me, if I say, surely the darkness shall cover me and the light about me be night, even the darkness is not dark to you. The night is bright as the day, for darkness is as light with you. For you formed my inward parts, you knitted me together in my mother's womb. There's nowhere you can go to hide from God. There's nothing that you do that God doesn't know about. And no matter what dark valley that we were in or what where we're struggling at, The light is there. And sometimes we put ourselves in, in situations where we, we jump into it and we shouldn't have. You just need to cry out. Even if you're in the darkest place. God, God is omniscient. Meaning He knows your past, present, and future. He knows everything that's going to happen to you. He knows the exact date and time when he's calling you home to be with him. All of it. Remember it says as workmanship, the pomia, the poem, you're being written out. He knows. And since he knows everything... 
His justice will always be administered fairly because you're His children. We are His kids, the ones that have chosen to follow God. In Proverbs chapter 5, verse 21, it says, For a man's ways are before the eyes of the Lord, and he ponders all his paths. question is, is do you actually seek his will in your life? Do you seek his direction? God is one. And we'll talk about the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, God the Spirit next week. In Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. God alone is worthy of worship and devotion. He is alone able to meet the deepest needs and the longings of your heart. God is righteous. In Matthew chapter 27, verses 45 through 46, it says, Now from the sixth hour there was darkness over all the land until the ninth hour. And about the ninth hour, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, saying, Eli, Eli, lamach shani. Uh, that is, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Jesus had to experience the wrath of, of sin placed upon him because God is righteous. And just. And in that moment, Jesus cried out because it was in that moment he didn't have his father and he took the world's sin upon him my God my God why have you forsaken me because we have a righteous God now if he's going to do that to his son should we live righteous as well we should practice it as much as we possibly can. There's going to be times when you... But you should be a practicing, practicing righteousness daily. Seeking holiness. The, the, those things are... Like for us as Christians, that's where we, we make a lot of mistakes. It's because we, we think, well, God, God's not going to judge it. Nothing happened. Oh, it's going to be judged. Nothing may have happened then. But something will be brought to light. God brings it out to light. That's what happens. You're not hiding it. Because you, you, you've chosen to follow him. And so God's, God's a just God. He's given you wise. He's slow to, slow to anger. He's patient. Right? Trying to draw you back into repentance and to walk away from whatever it is. And that's what he's doing. But eventually he will, he will judge. So, God is sovereign, meaning He is supreme. And you can read two scriptures. I, I won't read them out loud, but you can get to them in Psalm 93 1, because we read it already in Jeremiah 23 20. God is spirit. In John chapter 1, verse 18, it says, No one has ever seen God, the only God who is at the Father's side. He has, been, he has made uh, Him known. So, even Moses only saw the backside of the glory of God. So when we, when we talk about Jesus as fully God, so to know Jesus is to know God. And then God is the Trinity, three in one. We'll talk about that uh, next week as equal power and glory, the same substance. And 
God the Father, God the Son, and God the Spirit. And then God is truth. He's incorruptible. He cannot lie. And Psalm 117.2 says, For great is the steadfast love towards us, and the faithfulness of the Lord endures forever. Praise the Lord. And God is holy. God sees all evil, and it angers him. God is a consuming fire. In Exodus chapter 3, verse 2, it says, And an angel of the Lord appeared to him in flame of fire out of the midst of the bush, and he looked, and behold, the bush was burning, yet he was not consumed. In Habakkuk chapter 1, verse 3, it says, You are... Uh, you who are purer eyes than see uh, to see evil and cannot look wrong, look at wrong. Why do you idly look at traitors and remain silent when the wicked swallows up the man more righteous than he? And God is gracious. His grace includes his kindness, his mercy, his goodness, his love. Grace that we don't deserve. His mercy. Right? God's grace is, is you know, we, we, we were deserving of our penalty of sin. Our sins. But by God's grace, we've been forgiven. So God is infinite being. No human can fully understand Him. And you'll understand them more as you go through the Word of God. And as we go through the book of Genesis, we'll understand them more. And so it's important for you to understand the, the, the attributes of God. Um, you know, at, at the end of the day, it's, it's only going to draw you closer to the relationship with Him. And, and sometimes you just need to reread that at times like what are the attributes of god and just go back over it just to like especially if you're struggling with something just look at the attributes and say you know what he's trustworthy or, or you know i he's all-knowing he knows what i'm going through right now and so as we get into the book of genesis we'll deal with adam and eve and the sin but we'll also deal with creation we'll deal with uh being created male and female uh, uh, ten years ago, that wasn't such a hot topic, but it'll be a hot topic this time when we go through it because there's a lot of mess out there, including that a man. I'm gonna tell you right now, uh, biologists will, will agree with me on this: is that a man cannot have babies. So there is no such thing as a birthing person, or we'll deal with all that. I'm gonna show you in scripture, so you know, if somebody tries to tell you, uh, no. Just because Google says it, it doesn't make it true. When we go to the Word of God, we have truth. Then when we get to uh, get past Adam and Eve and, 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 and past Noah, you'll deal with Abraham. I see, uh, you know, I have to remember always what God was moving towards was a, a relationship to be with us. Um, and, and that's through the Abraham co covenant. So when we look at these things, I think it's important to understand when we look at geographically, uh, the area and what we're you know what we start studying these are real places these are real people history and the biblical archaeology can back a lot of this stuff up and and we'll go over some of this 
We have to talk about young earth. Which a lot of Christians don't, couldn't do if they had to. And this is why science changes. Uh, it's 42 million years. Oh, it's 70 million years. No, I think it's 72 million. We have a young earth. When we look at the flood, we'll, I'll, I'm going to show you videos which will actually prove it. It's important that you're able to know this stuff so that way you're able to, one, share it with your children so they know they have a foundation. So when they start saying, well, you come from apes. No, I don't. No. None of us do. We were created in the image of God. Male, female. Not binary. None of that stuff. We have God's word, which is truth. We have the description of Noah. We have the description of the flood. We have evidence. Evidence. This is why it's so important to understand. Like it's, There's so much information out here. It just depends on how much you want to learn. And so when we get into Genesis, we're going to spend some time. We're not going to rush through some of these parts. We're actually spend some time going through it slowly. Um, because I want to make sure you have an understanding of it. Eventually, we get to the covenant and the temple. That's what it was always moving towards. Uh, but one of the things that we, we, we want to make sure that we, we're focused on as we dive through this, and this is for you even in your regular Bible study time, when we study Scripture, when you take time to read the Word of God, observation, interpretation, application. What does the passage say? What does the passage mean? What am I going to do about what the passage says to me? Like, how am I going to live this out? If it tells me to love my neighbor, what do I have to do? Love your neighbor. What type of love? Agape love. Sacrificial. Not expecting anything in return. Right? Observation is very important. What you do as you read the Word of God is you're actually going through it and, and looking for terms, structure, emphasis, right? These things are important because or repetition. Remember where I told you all, hey, this is how many times has this been said? It's important. Stay awake. Be on guard, right? It keeps saying it over and over. So it's like it's important. It's like in 1 Corinthians 13. Everybody uses that verse for the wedding, right? How many times is the word love in there? Nine times. So how important do you think it is? He keeps going over it and over it and over it, and it's agape love. And there's only 13 verses in that thing, and there's nine times he uses the word love. He wants you to pay attention to the, the idea and the, uh, the, uh, the relationship to the text. Remember what I told you, context is king. You don't come into it trying to add what you think it should be. The scripture explains itself. That's where a lot of people make mistakes. You have cause and effect, real simple. Well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Cause, effect. Ifs and thens. If my people who are, are, are called my, my name humble, 
themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from the wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and forgive their sin and heal their land. Second, uh, Second Chronicles 7.14 So you have a, if, if you do this, then this will happen. And that's a lot like for us. If you repent, then blessing happens. Because you're walking away from that sin. You have questions and answer. Who is the glory of God? The Lord strong and mighty in Psalm 24, 18. You have comparison and contrast. You have heard that it was said, but I say to you. In Matthew 25, or Matthew 5, verse 21. Then you get into literary forms, the biblical literature, the three main types, or, or the epistles, the history, Old Testament, and the Psalms. And all that stuff is important as you study the Word of God because you're looking for the who, why, what, when, where, and how. Anybody who's taken journalism, that's the first thing they teach you when you're doing a story. You're studying the Scripture, you go, man, I, I want to know what that word means. What did the word stealth mean? Like this weekend. Stealth. What did that mean in the Greek? Because stealth means I'm hiding, ducking, right? In the Greek, it means deceit. That's a big difference, right? That's what the Lord gave me. It was like it stood out for some reason. So I went and studied that word. That's, that's what you do when you study the word of God. If something sticks out to you, you go, hey, I want to find out what that is. And then you have interpretation. And this is what gets a lot of people in trouble because they, they, they come into it with their own thinking. Remember, the Scripture, 75% of your questions will be answered in the text. You got, there you go, Amazon. You should text Scripture because you need to learn it. Google. Maybe they'll actually pull up a Bible verse and who knows. But it's important for us as we study. You look at culture. This is why when we go over history, it's going to be important. That's why sometimes I give you a little history uh, on what it is. Like we, the Feast of the Unleavened Bread and the Passover, we'll be talking about that this weekend. It's important to have a, kind of an idea of the culture. Like this weekend, there's going to be a man carrying a pitcher. Which men didn't do that? That's important to know. Because Jesus tells them to go look for a man carrying a pitcher. It would have stood out like, like a sore thumb. It would have just been like, wow. Right? So that's important. And as you go through interpretation, what you do is you look for application. Meaning that you look to apply God's word and be obedient in your life. How does this, how does this truth... And I love what Pastor Joe used to tell us. He used to say... You know, especially for those who read, when you do the one-year Bible, you go through a lot of Scripture. You go through Old Testament, New Testament, Psalms, and Proverbs. And you go, well, where am I supposed to find my truth in that? Like, what, what is the thing that, how does this affect me in my relationship with God, with others? You know, and, and how do I live that out? So he would tell you, just take one truth. One truth. You know, if you're struggling with God being trustworthy, then that's your, your verse tonight. I'm going to, I'm going to, because let me tell you something. God's going to put things in your path where you're going to have to trust him. And you're going to go, you know what? Satan, not today. I'm going to trust what God has given me. I'm going to do this. 
trust me, when we came here to plant the church, there were many moments of, what are we doing? God told us, God sent us, trust him. We just need to be faithful and do it. So you, you apply it. If you're doing something, if you read something, you go, man, I'm in sin. <laughs> you need to repent. Like you read it, you forgive your brother, what, 70 times 7? Is that what, right? And you're holding on to unforgiveness. You need to repent. You need to ask God to help you with that. Interpretation, observation, application. That's what we want. And then we'll, we'll look at actually GPS locators. We'll actually look at, as we dive into it, right off the bat, you're going to learn about the Tigris, Euphrates River. These are real places. Real places. As he talks about, you know, uh, he talks about Adam and Eve, and we start dealing with the, the area. Uh, they're, they're, they're real places, and there are, you know, the Old Testament, the world is, is really the crescent of Iran, Iraq, Turkey, Asia Minor, Egypt, and the Nile River. And there, there are some of the rivers and stuff that are talked about. There are real places with real people. And we'll prove that. And that's important for us to look at as we dive into the book of Genesis. Remember, when we, when we look at it, it is the orientation of the origins of man made in the image of God. It's important for us to, to understand that. So as we, we look at the, the book of Genesis, we'll look at in, in verses 1 and 2, creation. In verses 3 through 5, the fall. And we'll probably spend some time in that because that's... It's, it's, it's heartbreaking, really, when you start looking at it. Because we know, any of us who have struggled with sin, you understand the, the depths of the destruction. You have the flood in verses 6 through 9. And you just think about it. You're going to learn about Noah. Right? The nations in verses 10 through 12. And then Abraham's faith. Man. Go. Where am I going? Just go. And then you have Isaac and Jacob's family, and then you have the, the wonderful uh, story of Joseph. And you have the, the, the ver it's really separating the two parts. From Genesis chapter 1 through 12 is actually the beginning of the human race. The faithfulness of mankind of Noah. Uh, it's going to rain. It's never rained. Build a boat. Because it's going to rain. Yeah, right, dude. It's never rain, bro. Right? We'll look at all that. And then we'll look at the historical. Then when we get to verses, or chapters 12 through 50, we deal with the family of Abraham, the Hebrew race. And then we deal with uh, the faithfulness of one man's family, Abraham's. And, and, and it's a wonderful verse. And then... You know, again, we talked about the, uh, the places. The, the, the first half will be in Eden and Ur. And, and that time is, is, is uh, 2,000 plus years. And then we see the primeval history of humanity. Now, this stuff is amazing because you can actually prove a lot of this stuff through the biblical archaeology. 
And so that's why it's important that biblical archaeology is so important when you study the book of Genesis because it, it proves it in certain, in certain finds that they've had. And then when we get into the second half, we'll be dealing with the, the westward from Canaan to Egypt. Um, and it's about 300 years from that part, uh, from 193 years in Canaan and 93 years in Egypt. And so as we dive into Genesis, we'll be looking at the beginnings of the history of mankind. So next week, we'll probably just focus on those first few verses because we have to talk about the Trinity. Well, that, it's not in the Bible, the word Trinity. And so people will argue that. Uh, Elohim. Yeah, we'll, we'll deal with all of that next week. Uh, so we'll, we'll take it very slow. Um, I've, I, I've managed to put some of y'all to sleep, and God bless that. No, I'm playing. I thank y'all for your patience as we kind of, it's a lot of history there. This, we have to establish who God is as we begin the history of mankind, as we look at it. And it's given, the story is given by who? God, to Moses. And so it's important for us to, to study it. We need to know who God is. Hopefully one of those scriptures help you. If you're struggling with the attributes of God, I, I pray that maybe that will be a, uh, bring you peace tonight.
Thank you so much. That was Pastor Michael Petit from Calvary Divine, Texas. Remember, if you need to get more information on the church, you can do that at calvarydivine.org. God bless. Thank you.